Hi, you're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Well, all righty then. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. I do pray that uh, this podcast, uh, these episodes, uh, have been a blessing to you and yours Uh, We constantly pray that God will use this content uh, to encourage, inspire, correct, rebuke, (laughs) uh, disciple, and mentor, and that God would use this uh, for his glory, uh, for the advancement of his kingdom, and his great salvation in the earth. So I want to welcome you again to another episode Uh, This one's going to be a little different. Um, Destiny and I were looking at the calendar and kind of seeing what's coming up. uh, And we just thought maybe it's time to just to give a little update on our life and ministry. Uh, There's been a lot of things that are starting to fall in place, pieces of the puzzle coming together. You know, we we make our plans, uh, but God Almighty directs our steps. And there's a lot happening right now, brothers and sisters. And I just thought this would be a good episode to give you an overall update on what is happening uh, in our life uh, as a family and as a ministry. So first and foremost, I want to uh, draw your attention. We do have a blog post on the website rustythomas.org you know that's where uh, you, you can uh, access obviously uh, these episodes uh, but also we do have a, a blog post that's available oh, excuse me my phone <laughs> I'm wondering what in the world I'm hearing uh, it's my phone. I, I'm sorry. I better turn this bad boy off. Man, I'm, I'm I'm wondering, what am I doing that's causing all this sound here? Excuse me, brothers and sisters, but I got to turn this off. I'm so sorry. Anyway, okay. It's off. We shouldn't be interrupted from here on out. The wonders of modern technology. So anyway, brothers and sisters, I did want to make you aware that we do have this blog post. Uh, the last couple, um, I wrote an article on conspiracy versus conspiracy mindedness and, um, and tried to show the biblical difference between the two. There obviously, there was a conspiracy that started in the garden uh, when the enemy tempted our first parents to commit high treason against the Lord, brought into doubt uh, the veracity of God's commandment, hath God said. Uh, Of course, mankind fell, 
and um, the, the conspiracy actually was successful. And then it just kind of grew from there, you know, onto Babel and the great Babel conspiracy where, you know, man is going to reach up into the heavens and sort of pull God down from his throne and replace him on the earth. Well, of course, the true and living God was not going to have any of that. And so that's how he uh, confused the languages. And basically, that's how we got the nations of the earth um, was through the Babel conspiracy. And we know through the, you know, the decades, the centuries, the millenniums, you know, there have been, you know, antichrists filled with, you know, you know, delusions of grandeur, how they're going to conquer the world and rule the world. There's always been that conspiracy um, throughout mankind's bloody, corrupt, depraved history. Uh, but here's the good news. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father, uh, and he's going to stay there until all his enemies are his footstool. So yeah, we're living in a time, yeah, and sure, there's backroom deals, and there's the gates of the world, the sorrows of the world, there are the gazillionaires with messianic impulses that are, you know, trying to conquer the world, reset the world, depopulate the world. Um, and to a certain degree, they've been successful. But what you must understand, um, they're going to go the way of Babel. They're going to go the way of every other, you know, demoniac who had messianic impulses to conquer and rule the world. They're not going to get away with it, brothers and sisters. So, you know, just be encouraged by that. But what I wanted to demonstrate in the article that, yeah, there's a, there's a biblical conspiracy. It, it's recorded in Scripture, but that's different than being conspiracy-minded. Because when you become conspiracy-minded, there's really no reality. It's like a black hole, and there's no truth that corresponds uh, to reality. You can get so involved with being conspiracy-minded that you don't even see when good comes. Because even when something that would, would be beneficial let's say to the church or to the kingdom we you know our conspiracy mindedness thinks oh no 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 that's that's just a deception that's just to further the conspiracy and so you know it's uh it's it just ends up to be sinking sand and there was a passage of scripture because when i was early in the ministry uh serving the lord i went from understanding the biblical conspiracy and i could say i went full bore into conspiracy mindedness and uh yeah i was you know the illuminati the you know masonic you know lodge agenda you know uh, skull and bones um you know on and on and went and i got deeply involved with that and you know the struggle um uh, at what point was, um, you know, what can I honestly say was real uh, in the earth? And one day I was reading in Isaiah chapter 8, came across this passage of Scripture, starting in verse 12. Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that this people call a conspiracy nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him, 
you shall hallow. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. He will be as a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the house of Israel. So, you know, here's here's the Lord uh, speaking to his prophet Isaiah. Apparently, there was a lot of popular conspiracies going on in his day. And here the Lord is warning him, hey, you know, what the popular masses, you know, proclaim as a conspiracy, you, you don't go there. Don't go there. Don't become conspiracy-minded. And do not be afraid of what they're afraid of. And do not dread what they dread. And he's saying, let the Lord of hosts, let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. In other words, who's controlling the earth? Is it fallen men inspired by the devil? Uh, do they, you know, control the earth? Are there purposes and plans? Is that what's going to succeed in this world? Or is it true that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus Christ? Um, and, and so we, we have to understand when, when we become conspiracy-minded, we are putting the control of the future in the hands of fallen men inspired by the devil. And so we're removing the sovereignty of God and, and what the, the scriptures proclaim both in Old and New Testament, that God rules and reigns in the affairs of men that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. And so we, we must understand, brothers and sisters, yes, there's a true biblical conspiracy, but that's different than being conspiracy-minded. Like I said, it, it's, it's, it, you'll, once, once you replace the mind of Christ with being conspiracy-minded, everything you see hear, think, and believe is on sinking sand. There's nothing solid to stand upon. Plus, you're remo removing the future of this earth. You're taking it out of the hands of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and you're placing it in the hands of fallen men inspired by the devil with their delusions, the grandeur of their delusions, that somehow they're going to rule and conquer the world. And I'm just here to tell you the same thing that God did to Babel, he will do to them. And you could be assured of that, brothers and sisters. So if you want to check out that article uh, on my blog post, it's, you know, conspiracy versus conspiracy-mindedness. Now, you may have heard, we're going to do a little switch here, you may have heard some rumors that our family is considering a move to the Melbourne area of Florida. And I want you to know those rumors are not rumors, they are true. Uh, we are now in the process of making our plans to move to Florida prayerfully by the end of August, 
early September, the latest. And our goal is to start our first church service of the American Reformation Church on October 29th. That's two days before October 31st, which is the historic Reformation Day. So we wanted to tie the American Reformation Church to the historic Reformation anniversary. And so that is our goal. And I would ask that you would pray for us because there is so much that needs to be accomplished. There's so much work we have to get done in Texas um, to secure our home, our property. Um, we're gonna, uh, we're not gonna sell anything because my goal is to preserve the heritage and the land and property uh, for our family, and uh, and so we're basically going to have to start afresh and anew in Florida. So we're doing a lot of renovation work right now on our home and other areas. And, um, and then, you know, we're working diligently uh, to prepare our way to move to Florida. And I just wanted to give you maybe just a little background on how the Lord has brought this about, uh, to pass because quite honestly, I'm going to be 67 years old in June, and I really wasn't looking for another thing to do for the Lord. We're a very busy kingdom family, and we, we have a lot of brands in the fire where we're serving the Lord. But what happened about a year ago, my oldest daughter, Shekinah, the firstborn of my strength, uh, she called me out of the blue and she said, Dad, you know, I'm talking with the siblings and there's a, a part of us that really wants to do life together as a family and serve the Lord. And I thought, wow, what a concept. <laughs> um, because, you know, a lot of my older children, they're married, they're starting their own families and God bless them. And and uh, But, you know, we're scattered all over the United States of America. And so I thought, you know, what a novel idea. They're actually thinking about like coming together somewhere so we could do life together and serve the Lord. And just hearing that was, was such a, a goodness uh, to my soul. And, and I'm going to say this, and, and, and especially those of you that are fighting the Abba, you know, the battle against abortion, you know, through the abolitionist movement, you know, because uh, I was such a controversial figure, you know, fighting the battle, you know, for the souls of men, the lives of babies and the future of our beleaguered nation. Um, there was a lot of pressure by the cancel culture to go after me and especially go after my children. And my children were aware of that pressure, that stress that was put upon them, you know, because of my participation in the battle. Now, I want you to understand they never stopped loving uh, me or, you know, their mom. Um, but honestly, they had to somewhat 
distance themselves so they could pursue the things that the Lord laid in their heart to do without uh, the threat of being canceled. Well, you know, they've grown and they've matured in the faith and they have now seen the faithfulness of God over the lifetime of serving him through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so now they're like, Dad, we get it. And uh, we, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of pressing on in faith and we want to see if we can kind of come together and do life. And so uh, Shekinah asked me if I would write sort of a family vision statement. And so I sat down, you know, sought the Lord, prayed, put pen to paper, kind of came up with a three-page possibility of, you know, starting a church, uh, the American Reformation Church, and kind of using that as a hub for Elijah Ministries, for the Kingdom Leadership Institute online school, uh, for this podcast, Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas, you know, missionary work and writing ministry. And so I put it all together and uh, sent it out to all uh, my children. And um, they all read it. And what we decided to do was to seek the Lord in prayer. Uh, we, we were going to seek him for, uh, you know, a measure of time. And so every Thursday night we FaceTime we began to seek the Lord and pray about the possibilities. And, and uh, the, the children were kind of looking to Micah and I uh, to sort of make some decisions about, you know, possible location, uh, where we would gather together as a family and start the church. And so this was our prayer for weeks and months, and uh, things began to shake out. And, um, and so um, my son, Micah, he, he, was, uh, he was thinking that the Lord uh, was uh, eventually calling him to become a pastor and start a church. Um, the thing was, as we kind of prayed through it and discussed it, um, he he was not totally convinced that the name of the church should be the American Reformation Church. And, um, and he was um, thinking that the, if we did start a church together, it had to be in Georgia. And at that point, we had, you know, basically three locations on the table. We had North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. And so, um, and this is this is just an interesting side note because you know I received the vision for the American Reformation Church about the same time I got the vision for the Kingdom Leadership Institute online school many years ago. But my issue it was always like, is this something that the Lord wants me to do, or is this something that is left for my sons to do? sort of like the David and Solomon narrative. You know, David got the idea to build the temple, but the Lord said, you're a bloody man. You're a man of war. You can't do it. Your son Solomon, who's a man of peace, you know, he is the one that's going to fulfill the vision and mission. 
So I was always seeking the Lord about that. Like, did you give this to me, you know, to sort of pass the vision and mission to my sons and they'll rise up and complete the work? Or, you know, is this something you would actually have me to do, especially at this stage of my life? So we, we were just going through that process. Well, when it was determined, because I was sort of thinking Micah might be the son that would do it, when Micah was not fully convinced um, that he was, um, well, we kind of took some things off the table uh, in the sense that I wasn't convinced enough um, to start a church in Georgia uh, to like pack up everything and move. And so um, we kind of took everything off the table. Um, well then, and I don't know if this is my Jonah experience being swallowed by a fish, but um, <laughs> what had happened was I went to Northern Ireland on a missionary trip and I came back and I was, I was very sick. Uh, yeah, I, I got yeah, uh, something hit me, and it put me down for, for quite some time. And then, right after that, I think I contracted, like, the third strand of COVID. And at that point, it's it's pretty serious. And so, again, Shekinah calls me up, and she's talking to me, and she's hearing me struggle to breathe. And she's like, oh, my gosh! Dad's dying. You know, she starts freaking out, and uh, so she conspires with the rest of the siblings, going, "You know, we gotta get Dad. You know, to Florida. Um, you know, we it's it's it could be better for him. He could breathe better, and uh, so they're coming up with ways how they can minister to their dad, who <laughs> she thinks I'm on my deathbed." And I don't know for sure if I was, brothers and sisters, uh, but there was a part of me that felt like dying, I could tell you that. Um, but it, yeah, it was it was pretty serious. And uh, so anyway, they do conspire, and they, they, uh, they get me to Florida. The Lord uh, provided for that through my kids and, and others who helped get me there and provide for me while I was down there. Well, here's the thing. As I'm going down there, the original vision of the American Reformation Church in Florida came roaring back. I had set it aside. I thought, well, if, if Micah's not going to do it, and I'm still going to support Micah, whatever he does. I have no sour grapes there, no, no condemnation on my son. You know, I want him to follow what he believes is the direction of the Lord, and I'm going to support him in that. Uh, but like I said, when it when it was clear that he was not the one, I just set everything aside. But then having almost like to be forced to Florida for health reasons, um, this vision comes roaring back. And so now I'm there on a twofold mission, A, to see if there's health benefits in moving to Florida, you know, for my respiratory issues. And B, is the Lord saying, this is not for your sons. This is for you to do. Like this is another kingdom assignment that I'm giving to you 
before you shuffle off this mortal coil. Well, of course, I am diligently seeking the Lord, interceding, praying. I'm putting out fleeces. You know, I'm I'm asking the Lord through prayer to confirm uh, witnesses. And I had specific witnesses in mind. And I'm here to report, brothers and sisters, that God did exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ask or think, according to his power that works in us and through us. Every single fleece, every single witness um, came through. Um, it, it, I, I just received incredible confirmation, incredible affirmation, and incredible favor to the point there are brothers right now throughout America who's hearing of this vision and mission, the American Reformation Church, that's based on the four F's, you know, faith, fatherhood, family, and freedom. I got brothers right now established in, you know, have established families, churches, ministries that are seriously seeking the Lord about coming to Florida to join us in this great work. And I got to tell you, you know, like I said, I'm going to be 67 years old and it's not like I'm dead inside to the Lord. I still have a lot of drive, a lot of vigor to serve him, uh, even though I'm getting weakened in the way. But I got to tell you, with the advent of fulfilling this vision and mission, there's a real excitement in my spirit. Uh, it's in my wife. It's in all my daughters who are still living with me and with the rest of the family. And praise be to God, we, we have some of the family that's actually going to be joining us. And again, such a goodness to my soul. We have Cassia, you know, she's a, she's a widow woman. We lost uh, her husband, Robbie, who was more of a son to me than a son-in-law. You know, she's a widow woman with five kids, my grandkids. And I had made a promise to the Lord and to Robbie before he died, to Cassie and the kids, that I was going to step in and take care of them. And, um, but Cassie decided to move away to North Carolina and it well, agreed me to see them go. It hurt me to see them go. Um, but it also kind of took my promise off the table. And, uh, and if you know anything about me, I, I try to keep my word even to my own hurt. And so that was another grief to my soul. And lo and behold, God's going to allow me now to fulfill that promise. They're moving with us to Florida to help start this work, start this church. Along with them, I got uh, Valiant and his bride, Jaron. They're pregnant with their second son. They're going to be joining us in Florida. And I just found out my oldest son, Elijah, has agreed to come as well. And prayerfully, brothers and sisters, I don't, you know, I don't know what the future holds. But my prayer and hope is if God truly blesses the, the fruit of our labor, the work of our hands in starting this church and it prospers and it grows, I'm praying that the rest of the family uh, sees the good fruit 
that's being produced and possibly uh, the Lord would lead them uh, to come and to be a part of this as well. So anyway, just want to kind of give you an update uh, on Florida and the American Reformation Church. Uh, we're going to move now uh, to the Kingdom Leadership Institute online school. So we have scheduled in the month of April, April 20th through the 22nd, we're going to meet in a central location between Wisconsin, Indiana, and Texas. And the three teachers, Darren Stead, Jason Storms, and John Jacob, Pastor Matt and I, and another brother named Joshua Carroll are all going to meet, and we're going to be um, putting our hand to the plow uh, to put together the next phase of the website. Uh, we're going to sit down and map out uh, the curriculum, uh, the courses of study, you know, the lectures, the books, all that. But we're going to do it hands-on. And, and I would ask that you pray for that, brothers and sisters. And another great piece of news uh, concerning the school is um, once I had shared the vision and mission about the school, specifically as it pertains to a physical education, that would be one of the requirements for any student signing up for the Kingdom Leadership Institute, you know, when I shared that uh, Apologia Church, Pastor Jeff and Luke and the gang, they said, hey, you know, we have some contacts with Navy SEALs. And lo and behold, uh, Luke uh, sent me their information. And about a couple of weeks ago, I uh, finally had a chance to talk to one of the Navy SEALs. His name is Michael. And him and another brother named Dylan are a part of the Navy SEALs Team 4. Well, they've been up on our website, the KLI. And we must have talked for about a half an hour, 45 minutes. It was awesome. It was awesome. I really like this guy, Michael. Uh, but anyway, we, we talked through the vision and mission, and lo and behold, brothers and sisters, praise be to God, uh, they have agreed to be our physical ed instructors for the Kingdom Leadership Institute. Now, you know, in sharing the vision with them, you know, you know, I said, obviously, Michael, we're not dealing with soldiers that need to be trained to be deployed into battle, you know, uh, I don't know what the health and uh, condition or the physical condition of each student or candidate might be, but you're going to have to take that into consideration. And so he said, of course, we, we will do that. But the reason why I'm sharing this with you, brothers and sisters, we really want this school to carry a spirit of excellence we want to maintain a reputation that anybody, any student that goes through our school, whether it's in the ministry side of things to become a pastor or elder in the body of Christ, when it comes to business, entrepreneurism, the financial realm, or 
becoming a godly statesman in the political realm. Um, we want those who will receive them, uh, whether in the church or in a business or even uh, in a, a city or state where they're elected, that they will serve with a spirit of excellence and they these these entities will know they have a good thing from the lord and that really is our goal brothers and sisters and i just want to let you know that the lord indeed uh, blessed us with that spirit of excellence adding the navy seals to our team so i think that's awesome and I praise God for it. And uh, lastly, I did want to let you know, just recently, we received our first 10 copies of our book, Jeremiah Strong. And uh, probably most of you know the incredible testimony of the life, the sickness, and the death of our son Jeremiah at 16 years of age and how for about a year God used our son to rock this world incredible well his passing away was you know over four years ago and um, and through that those four years mainly my wife my wife Kendra did the lion's share of writing this book and initially and her name's Kendra Thomas. Uh, initially, she wrote it as from a mother's perspective, like a memoir of a mother. And so, like I said, she did the lion's share of writing this book. If you would have went into my bedroom, our bedroom, it was like a crime scene. She had boards and charts everywhere, sticky notes everywhere, tacks and strings and... I mean, she she is like a research queen. I'm just telling you, she's flat out, she's amazing. Um, so she you know she put together the book, uh, the memoir, you know, through a mother's eyes kind of thing. But then as we went through it, you know, we also had the goal uh, to possibly see the book become a feature film. But lo and behold. Uh, a memoir through a mother's eyes is basically not the best format uh, to see that come to pass. So Kendra and I decided to redo the book together as a couple, like again, keeping you know a lot of what uh, Kendra had written, but we wanted to change it to a true story based on a true story and write it to make it screenplay friendly. And so we took the added time and effort to literally redo the book. And um, it, it took some, you know, some blood, sweat, and tears. And honestly, brothers and sisters, just um, going through the book, reliving all that we went through, you know, Jeremiah went through, our family went through, I mean, there were times where we just sobbed. There was times where we laughed so hard. Uh, 
I guess it was sort of therapeutic. I don't know. Um, but it's, um, I just wanted you to know, uh, we have completed the book. We got our first 10 copies and soon it will be released. Um, it will be publicly available very, very soon. And as soon as it is, of course, we're going to let folks know where they can get a copy of the book. I must forewarn you, it is a pretty large book. Uh, it's around 370 pages. Um, but it's it's prayerfully written in such a way that it, with each chapter ends, there's a desire to sort of turn the page. And we purposely tried to create that. Um, so anyway, brothers and sisters, wanted to let you know um, that's in the works and that shall come forth pretty soon. Um, there's much more that we're involved in that we're putting our hand to, but that's just some of the highlights, brothers and sisters. So please uh, keep these uh, things in prayer. Uh, obviously, if you want to uh, help in any way to donate, there is a donate button on the on this, you know, on our podcast uh, website, rustythomas.org. If you want to help in some way, that would be appreciated. Um, just want to let you know that um, we do have some plans for upcoming uh, podcast episodes. Um, hopefully in the month of April, I've lined up Pastor Matt Chuella. Uh, he's the pastor of Mercy Seat. Christian Church in Wisconsin, and author of the book, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. He's my covenant brother and partner, and we're going to have like two episodes, and I just want uh, Pastor Matt to share on his background, how he grew up in Detroit, on the mean streets of Detroit, uh, how he got saved, uh, how he started his family. Maybe that will be one episode, and then get into the ministry aspects uh, of the church, you know, the books and the work that he's doing now uh, throughout America and the world. So keep that in prayer. And also um, Resurrection Sunday's coming, uh, the week of the Lord's Passion. And so probably going to do uh, a couple of episodes, maybe along those lines. So uh, anyway, brothers and sisters, that's it. Uh, for this week. And again, I just want to encourage you, keep pressing on to that high call and prize in Jesus' name. God bless you, saints. Till next time. Bye-bye.